I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. This podcast is a manifestation of our interconnected lives, and we wish to keep it free at all costs, if you can say that. So, we are dependent on the generosity of you, our listeners. So, please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd and either use the donate button or just bookmark the Amazon portal. We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought. Nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadas's excellent talks. You talked about um, having to go back to America because you had all these desires. Mm-hmm. And there's always a lot of teachings about letting go of desire. About what? About letting go yeah. of desire. I love so, those teachings. So my question is, if you had to go back and face those desires or fulfill those desires, then where does the letting go part come in there? The letting go part comes in when you finally get all the things you want and you recognize that you're still not happy, then you've let go. But if you never go after it, you always think that's what's going to make me happy. If I only had that. Even if you don't say it out loud, there's that, you know, the perfect relationship. You know, that I'm going to turn around the corner and there, 
you know, how long does that last? A minute and a half, maybe, on a good day, you know? So, yes, those things happen. But if you live in fear of that, then nothing's passing through. That's what I was saying about me tripping myself up. I actually had myself in chains, and I wasn't going after that. My fear of myself, fear of, of my own desires. I'll get lost forever. Maharaji was always teasing me about getting married. And I said, I don't want to get married. I want to marry you. <laughs> he laughed. He said, if you marry me, all you'll get is love. <laughs> and that wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> and he knew. So he was just like, he didn't, he didn't judge me. He was just saying, you better go out and get laid, boy, because that's what you want. And if I'm not doing that because I'm afraid, oh, it's gonna, I'm going to lose God, and I'm going to lose the connection, blah, blah, blah. I've already lost the connection. I never had it. Or I didn't trust it enough. So you have to get out there and go after it. And only you know what that stuff is. You know, I mean, you don't even necessarily know. But it's just the feeling of entering into your life and, you know, Yeah. Why shouldn't I? It's like that roomy poem, you know, someone comes into a, a shop and uh, looks around, you know, and doesn't buy anything, leaves after looking around all day. He said, people, you know, window shoppers, you know, window shoppers. He said, get, get busy, get involved, do something, start a big foolish project like Noah. You know, it doesn't matter what people think. Only you know. Right? So... And if you're not paying attention, then you're not paying attention. And then it's 10 years later. And then, you know, so let's live now. This is it. This is our moment, you know. Practice is what gives us the strength to do what we want to do, to do what we have to do, to do what we're driven to do, and to become ourselves fully. Without a practice, we're just bouncing off the walls and off of each other and off of our own stuff. A practice is the thing that gradually pulls the plug on all the reactions, turns the volume down on all the, the noise in the head. It gives us, eventually, it gives us a vote. Because a lot of the stuff that we think we want, we don't really want it. We want the feeling that we think we're going to get from that. But we're not paying enough attention to recognize that, so we keep grabbing more stuff. We've got houses full of stuff, right? And it's just lying there getting dusty. So at some point, you, before you've even grabbed the stuff, you go like, eh, you know? And you just save yourself 20 years, you know? And divorce courts and lawyers, the whole bullshit, you know? Or, you know, so... but. The idea, you're not, you're not turning that off. You're, not, you're, you're allowing yourself to go for the things. But if you happen to wake up in the middle of it and you say, this is not the dream I want to be in, you're next, okay? But if you're not going for it, you don't get that opportunity. You, you're just pushed around. The shadows push us around unless we pay attention to them. We don't get a vote. The shadows are there. The part of ourself that we don't see, that's there. Is not new. This is not new. But you could say that when you do a practice, the sun kind of moves towards the center of the sky and the, the shadows dissipate because you can let go of that stuff. 
and, and you're not pushed around by it as much as time goes on. You may not necessarily be aware that something's not bothering you as much, but you might be aware that you don't mope around as much as you used to. Or you don't pick the same kind of partners over and over again and get into the same place in a relationship. Or you don't keep, you know, you know this, like, it just, behavior changes. You may not recognize that because stuff falls away. It's scary. You know, it's scary. Nobody wants to step up to the plate. The pitcher's throwing fastballs 120 miles an hour right at your head, you know. It's like, you know, but you got to get up there. You got to get up there. But that strength that comes from doing a practice is not the strength like, yeah, I'm strong. It's the strength of being here more, more relaxed in the moment, less bowled over by stuff as it, as it bowls over you. Maharaji said over and over, he said, Ram Nam Karnise Sub Purahojata. From saying the names of God, repeating these names, everything is brought to fullness, to completion. The things that we need in life come to us. The things that are in our way disappear, little by little. You don't have to be picking each one up and kicking it out or putting it out here. But you're, you're transformed, little by little. You become complete. Purahojata. All your karmas are completed. Through this practice. That's what he said. He said it over and over again. Over and over and over and over and over again, he said it. And I still don't believe it. But all you have to do is believe it enough to do the practice, to give it a shot. Any practice, which if you're here, you're already doing. I mean, you're not, this is not, you know, bowling for dollars, you know, whatever else we used to do on Sunday afternoons, you know. This is something else. And we're here because we're interested in this stuff. It fills some kind of need. We, we want to, you know, we need this. All of us. Me too. Hi. Um, I used to think I knew what it meant, but um, what do you think? Me too. <laughs> Whatever it is. No, I, I don't I know. I what it meant. You know? I don't know nothing. But... Um, what do you think Maharaji meant, or, or maybe even what does it mean to you today um, to lose yourself in love? Well, when he said lose, I, I don't actually know what the Hindi word he used was, but it was to be immersed completely in that love. To, you could say find oneself in love, just to dissolve your separateness in that oneness of love, where there's finally only love. Nobody busy loving or not loving. You, that's, love is, uh, you could say, our true nature. It's who we are. Real love. Real love is that unconditional love. It doesn't come, it doesn't go. It's always who we are. But we're captured by our thoughts, by our emotions, by all the information that our senses take in, things we remember, things we fantasize. We're busy. But we don't, for instance, we don't, uh, we don't see what's looking out of our eyes, ever. 
We only see the stuff that we see, but we don't see the seeing. We don't see the one who's seeing. That one is love. And it sees that love everywhere. But we see the objects because we're attached to our bodies and we're identified with our bodies and our emotions and our thoughts. So that's what we see. It's as if there's another color. How many colors are there? Roy G. Biv. Remember Roy G. Biv? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Right? So Roy, whatever. It's just, it's just there's actually another color that we don't see. Our eyes don't pick it up. The, the organ of the eye is, is developed in a certain kind of way and only gets these what, six colors. But the seventh color it doesn't get. And that's the color of love, which is everywhere, all the time. And it's the sound that's always present, that we don't hear. The ear doesn't hear it. So through practice, we start to become aware of this. If I say presence, the question is presence of what? It's not presence of anything. It's being. It's presence. It's pure awareness, pure love with no object. Whatever it is that I say it is, it isn't. You know? But when you feel it, you'll know it. And then you'll go, oh, that's what he was talking about. Why didn't he say this? Because the minute you say it, it isn't that. It's not something you know in your head. It's something you, you intuitively understand from inside. Each one of us, every one of us, has it, and each one of us will eventually become aware of it because everywhere we go, it is. Everywhere we go, we are there. And it is too because it's who we are. This is why we don't talk about it. <laughs> That's why all the great saints, they talk about becoming good human beings, compassionate, caring, thinking about others. They all talk about that. Why? Because all we do all day long of our lives is think about ourselves. We wake up in the morning and we start writing, predict, directing, and, and producing the movie of me and acting in it, playing all the parts. And I really mean playing all the parts. Do I know you? I don't know you. But you sit this way, your hair is that way, you got beads on, so I think I know who you are. But I don't. I'm essentially playing you in my movie, which we do all the time with everybody we see and everything we do. How do you stop that? You can't stop that. There's no button. You, through practice, you, the, the projections start slipping down the wall faster. And then you can see things as they are. It's not that we're creating something that isn't there. We're just recognizing what really is here already. We, us. They say God lives within us as who we are. Not as something else. This is a really big thing. We think God is something else. Either he or she's up there in the sky, or he's in this murti, or he's in this or here, or he's in India. You know, and we can only see him if we go there. Or maybe he's in the Vatican, but probably not. 
just kidding. <laughs> Cheap joke, sorry. Um, it's very unconscious and it's very deep. The word God is such a Western word and it, it's, you know, God, it doesn't seem to include us, right? But that's not how they feel about it in the East. It's a different, completely different feeling. We're included. And when they talk about compassion, we're also included in that. We're, compassion isn't for other people only. It's not, you don't feel compassion. You, you, you experience compassion, and that means you care about yourself as well. And that's really hard for us. Because we're just so trained to be so hard on ourselves. It's just, we would never treat another person the way we treat ourselves. And we never think about another person the way we think about ourselves. We just, all day long, ragging on ourselves for everything we've ever done. So, you can, this takes time, you know. You can bring water to a boil, you can put it in the pot, but it takes a while for it to cook. Just because the water's boiling doesn't mean it's going to cook right, be cooked, ready to eat. This is, a, this is a meal that we're a meal, and it's in progress. We're being cooked by our lives. But just because the fire's on doesn't mean that, the, that it's finished cooking. You have to be patient. Patience is something that's disgustingly difficult. We want it now because we're used to getting everything right now. I want it now. You know, I can, I can text the pizza parlor and get it here without even walking, getting off the couch. That's what we want. We want stuff. Instant gratification. That's what we've been programmed for. Well, that's not what this is. This is real gratification, and it takes time. So this is a comment. I get it. <laughs> and, and basically, I think, and it has taken a lot of patience, but I'm realizing because I chant all the time, mm -hmm. because I just love to chant all the time. I just love to chant all the time. Cool. And so what's happening is it's always in me every day of every moment, all these chants. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how powerful it's been for me in the last year. And I did get that, aha, I understand what love is moment, but, I, but it just is. Mm -hmm. And it was, I just found myself in this place where I was just standing in my kitchen and looking at my hands and going, I'm alive. And it was this, and I was crying and laughing and, and understanding God and not understanding God and all of the things you said that I totally get. And it was this amazing, it, we don't have to get it, we are it. And it's, and I, and I felt myself feeling, oh God, I don't want to let go of this moment. Boom, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, and I knew it would be. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but when I get lost in that place of the rattling in my head, I, I know I was there. Mm -hmm. I know that place exists in me and I can find it again. And it's, and since that moment when I really connected with it, my life is different. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know what that's called, you know, I hate to tell you. <laughs> well, go ahead. Faith. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what faith is. Faith is knowing that it's true. Yeah. The problem is we don't really know it's true, you know. We hope it's true. And so we do a little practice, you know, a little of this, a little of that, you know, touch your toes, do this. 
but we don't really believe it's actually going to work, you know? Well, that's where I was. Yeah. You know, just chanting because I love to chant. Yeah. And it feels so good. But I, it really is through doing that and not even, and practicing without practicing, mm -hmm. practicing without practicing from the heart because I was just practicing because mm -hmm. I just wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And just realizing that a year later, because it takes patience, mm -hmm. that I'm getting to these places that I wanted to get to, but if I was trying to get there, <laughs> I couldn't mm -hmm. get there, you know? Yeah. Good. Very nice. I guess I have a question in that I, I, I think I get the... I get the, it's a vote, we have a vote, and that's the major theme, I think, and in my own practice, I guess I've realized that's what I've gotten the most out of is realizing discernment. Mm -hmm. I have the power of discernment, um, and that's been huge. I can choose where I put my energy. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I feel like it's made, it, I, I'm on this fulcrum of constantly deciding, am I shutting off to the world, or am I just discerning mm -hmm. who and where to spend my energy? So mm -hmm. the moment where, I, there's a falling over, like the, instead of getting closer and connecting, there's more of a chasm because I'm unwilling to step into the drama. Mm -hmm. And so the people around me fall away because I, I don't <laughs> care who you're dating. Yeah. I don't care if you're going out tomorrow night. I don't care if you're in the same relationship you've been in 800 times. Mm -hmm. And it's not anger and it's not judgment. It's not I'm mm -hmm. better than, but the more I discern, I mm -hmm. guess the, it's hard to just constantly monitor that. Yeah. Am I shutting off to the world or... Am I just consciously shining the light inward? Yeah. yeah. Well, just keep your eyes open and make sure that uh, you don't suddenly start to push things away out of fear. You know, just kind of, you know, it's all good. Uh, not just because we're we might be in a nice a, a, a nice part of the stream where it's not too rocky. Uh, doesn't mean that we can still feel other people's pain without shutting off and without having to protect ourselves, right? So you might feel quiet inside, but there can be elements of protection also. You don't want to, you know, don't want to be hurt. You don't want to take it in. That's not, you know, it's good to have that feeling of uh, that experience of being quiet and being able to see clearly. But you don't want to uh, get stuck. You won't, because you'll, what'll happen is you, you'll finally wind up getting so cranky you won't be able to stand yourself. And then you'll realize, okay, well, this is, I have to kind of go deeper. But it's good, you know, when we, it's, we're just not used to being okay by ourselves, you know. You know, it's, that's nobody said it's okay to be happy while we're alone, sitting home doing nothing. I remember, by the grace of God and the U.S. government, I was asked to stay home once for six months. <laughs> and it wasn't easy. I have a big easy chair. You know, I bought a chair. I was going to be home for six months. I went out to Macy's and I bought a beautiful leather, lazy kirtanwala, they call it. <laughs> And, you know, I would go sit down in it, and then I would be up. Next thing I knew, I'd be in another room doing something else, right? And I said, wait, what happened? So I walked back to the chair, and I sit down. The next thing, and I was in the kitchen making some toast. It took me months to be able to sit there for 10 minutes just like, 
<sighs> you know, it's not easy. We're not trained for that. We're not programmed that to, f because it's not an empty feeling, empty in the sense of turned off or cold. When we're really in it, it's very juicy and includes everybody, but not, you don't have to, you know, that's a line, don't cross it. Or in my compassion, I'll kill you. <laughs> you cross that line, girl, you're out, you know? So it's good. Enjoy. Learn to enjoy just being quiet and seeing the usual stuff. But then don't protect, you know, or notice when you do. And then don't judge yourself. That's the tricky part. You see? We're so used to judging ourselves. It's such a knee-jerk reaction. And we're just like, we're constantly evaluating how we're doing, how we're not doing, and all this stuff. It's really amazing. So once again, practice. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Obviously, it's good. But always deeper. Just like you can always let go the minute you're caught in something. You can always let go. Just, you can always settle in deeper, more relaxed. I mean, imagine if we could live, we, we weren't afraid of ourselves, right? We weren't afraid that someday something's going to happen and I'm not going to be able to deal with it. So we go through every day like this, you know? When's it going to happen? You know? So it's, after a while, you kind of lose some of that fear and it just becomes all right just to, like, be stupid. You know, you just go through the day. Hey, what's happening, you know? It's no longer like, you know, what do I think? It's just like, you know, it happens. It happens to the worst of us. So there's no doubt it'll happen to you. And me. Because there is no worst of us. We're all completely mishuga. That's a Hindu word for crazy. Um, okay. So it's okay to hmm? go it's okay to go through the day doing nothing. Just doing Did I say that? Did did he just say that? See, you know, I, think he just, I sometimes like, I read the on the internet things that I said. <laughs> Where was I when I said that? I must have been somewhere else because I don't remember saying that. Because my question is about the relationship between that and and um and willpower, because it seems like in, in I don't know, in order to um, be of service, mm -hmm. I have to actually do something, sure. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, so. There's two sides of it. There's the side of being aware and doing practice. Just because you're busy in the day doesn't mean you can't be repeating mentally quietly repeating some mantra or doing some meditation, inner meditation practice. Because if, unless you're aware, then you're just dreaming through the day. You're just unconscious. Mm. So while you're unconscious, it's probably better to serve people than rob banks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you could also pay attention. You could also be aware. And... and and that will allow you not to get lost in everything that happens all day long, little by little. No, we're not there yet. We'll get there. There's two, there's, there's, 
You have to do something, right? You're always doing something. Sitting around and breathing is something, right? right? So, but you're also, through a practice, you, you wind up being more present, whatever you're doing. Good news, bad news? Yeah. No, what's the bad news? Um, questioning why I'm doing what am I doing, what I'm doing. Well, that's not present. You can be present while you're questioning, too. You're here. Questioning is thinking, right? right. Okay, so let's just say we're sitting here and we're all chanting. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking, what the, what is this? You know? Yeah. Okay, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. The, your job while you're chanting is to notice your thinking, come back to the chanting. Okay, so is that all the willpower I need? <laughs> Let me see. If I say yes, <laughs> and if I say no, um, I don't know. You know, it would be nice to be able to do that. Because the problem is, you're, we are all swept away by these thoughts, mm-hmm. judging, is this enough, and what is this, and what, we're not, what we don't have the ability to do is let go of that. So we're not saying solve the whole problem, we're just simply saying, release that thought and come back for now, while you're doing the practice. That training yourself and getting used to that letting go is what allows you to be more essentially at ease as you go through the day and less reactive and allows you to make choices that are based on more on what you really want and not out of fear of this or fear of that or reaction to this or reaction to that. More basic, you know, simple things that easier, straightforward kind of way. This is what you're learning how to do when we sit here and chant all day. We don't know that that's what we're learning, but that's the result of these practices is that our motives for doing things also get cleared up. So, like her, for instance, maybe unconsciously she has some fear of something. So she says she's not, so yeah, your friend just got into the 800th relationship of the same kind. So she's not going to get caught in the drama, right? But maybe she has a little fear of being caught in the drama and being hurt herself so she doesn't. So there's a mixture of stuff. But the more practice you do, you cannot get caught in the drama, but you can be very present there for the person as well because you have no fear of being hurt by the drama. Do you know what I'm saying? Like somebody, you wake up in the morning and somebody won't talk to you, the person you were just with last night. (laughs) And they they don't want to say why they're not talking to you. You ask, they don't want to say, so what do you do? You know, what can you do in those situations? All you can do is just keep breathing. That's the first thing. And then whatever else comes in the day to do, and hopefully sooner or later there'll be a conversation. But in the meantime, you don't have to turn off. You don't have to get angry. You know, this is what we do all day with everybody. You don't have to get angry and, and you know, make up a whole story to yourself and defend yourself for something you don't know what you're defending. And you, this is what we do all day, you know, but we, if we're calmer, then we can just like be with it and be there when it changes because everything changes. And, but you don't get that vote if you're just going to react. And unless you do practice, 
you're always going to just react because that's all we've ever been trained to do. No? No. Come on. How, what percent are we there? Are we 100% there? Or 60%, 70%? Um, it's like I can, I can see. I'm like I'm looking at something that's kind of far away, and I say, oh, right. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, um, okay, and now this is what it looks like on a daily basis in mm-hmm. here. I'm like, Pfft. Right. Okay. For, that's okay. Like I said, you might be, the water might be boiling, but, but it's not cooked yet. The meal's not finished. The rice isn't done. You have to keep doing this every day as much as you can. Immerse yourself in the practice as much as you can. Or, and even in the understanding of what we're talking about, just like this whole conversation. This is helping us move more deeply into it and to, and to finally be you know, who we really want to be and not be at the mercy of every thought, thought emotion, mm-hmm. occurrence, you know, somebody, you know, I've told this story a million times, but I was once on the, the parkway driving into the city. There was a radio station that wanted to play some of the CDs. So I was bringing them into the radio station. So I saw them on the car in the seat of the car. I said, hey, why don't I listen to this? You know, everybody else listens to me in their car. Why don't I listen to me? So I put it on, and I'm just driving along. Hey, this is nice. You know? And somebody cut me off so closely that I almost had to go off the road. Son of a... But I wasn't finished. I, I pulled out, you know, and I sped up. I got to see who this son of a bitch is. And I pull up to this little car, and I look down. It's this little old lady, like... She had this look of fear on her face, and she's trying to see over the steering wheel, and it's shaking, you know, she's like, and she's just trying to stay on the road. She didn't cut me off. She didn't see me. It wasn't aimed at me. Right? It wasn't aimed at me. I experienced it as if it was. I had no vote. Right? Eventually, you get a vote, and even if it is aimed at you, it it isn't aimed at you, because... First, people don't know who you really are anyway. They know your version, their version of you. That's what they're reacting. That's who they're angry at, their version of you. Okay, be angry. I'm here. Send me a letter when you get back. You know. So that's what I'm saying. We get to a point where we, it's easier to live. You know, and be who we are and be here. And that, that feeling is very wonderful as time goes on. It's a wonderful feeling because you're closer to people, really. Really closer. You're not scared or you're not even projecting. You're allowing them to be who they are. And it's just a beautiful feeling. Everybody's in it. Yeah. And the great beings, that's the way they are with everything in the universe because that's the way it is. And they know it. They see it. They experience it. So, Okay. I'm going to practice willpower just by asking a question and recognizing that a lot of times the universe says no, or the person sitting in front of you says no, but you need to ask anyway. So Don't uh, do it. 
<laughs> I know, and I'm also thinking, is, am I asking out of ego, or is it really that maybe it could be a chance to serve? Sweetheart, it's, yeah. it's all it's ego. It's all ego, I think. Well, I brought my violin, and I was wondering if I could play with one tune, if you would allow that. No. If you, no, okay. okay, that's fine. Love you anyway. Okay, yeah. But uh, I didn't think Yeah, what do you have, what instrument? A violin. A violin. All right, sit over there and play, but we, can't, we don't have a mic for you. Okay? Yeah. Okay? You can play when we sing. I'd love to. Thank you. It's the key of Q diminished. Do you know that key? <laughs> I know. Yeah, Avenue Q. That's next yeah. to F demented. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, you can play along. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's all ego. You know, one time I was at Dada's house. Dada was one of my hardest great devotees. I mean, Dada was, he was a, one of the leading economics professors of India. Allahabad University, he was, you know, just, anyway, so it was long after Maharaji left the body, but I used to go visit him all the time, and so he was taking us, taking me, oh, two things, he was taking me up to my room, which was up these stairs, and he was in his 80s at the time, right, so he's going up, you know, and he takes the key out, and I'm following behind him, you know, and he takes the key, and he puts it in the door, and he turns the key, and he looks at me, he goes, Krishna Das, it's so hard to come up, so easy to go down. <laughs> so I was reverencing him just a little bit too much, you know, for his own comfort, you know. He was so great, I you can't imagine. You know? And he said, Krishna Das, he said, I'm, I may be a step or two ahead of you. You may be a step or two ahead of somebody else. He said, but... We're all on this side, <laughs> on this shore. Is it? You know, okay, you know. It was just so beautiful. It's a, everything we do has personal motive. There's no way. We're persons. We think we're persons. That's who we think we are. So everything has personal motive. Comes out of our own needs and desires. That's not bad. It's just a state of, of life. So recognizing what we really want and mobilizing the troops, you know, to go after it and really get it, that's also personal motive. But through practice, you dissolve that person, which never existed in the first place. It was just a thought form. I'm sorry to tell you. That's who's here. We're all looking at each other. It's our thought forms looking at each other, going like, wow, I like you. You're a nice thought form. You know? So, that's it, relax, take it easy, there's nowhere to go. So let's sing. Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste.